You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You have arrived at your destination. Why does that ring so true? Is that a real? Uh, is that a thing? Is that a song or something? Um, I think that's Go Go Juice. Oh. I think that was. Uh, oh right, right, right. What was okay. the the little the Honey Boo Boo? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I never. But watched Mountain that. Mountain Day. Yeah. Is that? That's the thing I was talking about. It's a. Uh, I don't remember the town, but like it became a meme where it was this good this young man, good old boy from <laughs> young man, yeah, West Virginia or something, and sure. they were at a Chili Pepper. Um, not a concert, not, not the, the Red Hot, yeah. but a Chili Pepper convention. Not or, Flea in the Gang. Yeah. He said, I ate this one chili, set my mouth on par, far, I had to drink a whole two liter of Mountain Dew. <laughs> and there have been a, a few cool remixes of it that I would recommend. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, I just saw a remix. I just saw a remix the other day of one of the YouTube videos, like viral, still actual homemade YouTube viral videos where it's like this little kid asking if he can pet a dog or maybe it's a little girl it's a little boy or a little girl I can't remember but the little kid is like can I pet that dog have you heard that <laughs> no <laughs> it does and they, they say it like that they go can I pet that dog and then they go can I pet that dog and and someone put it over a very nice beat like a very danceable yeah. beat and it's just real good I might I might grab a little clip of that and throw it on the end of this episode we'll sure see. yeah Yeah, there are times where like I feel my anxiety levels so high when I think about how interconnected we are <laughs> yeah. and how like the internet has ruined a part of society, I think. Yeah. Um yeah. for for better or for worse, ruined it. Um yeah. but at the same time like those are those are dope. Those right? are amazing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Have it's, you seen the the I don't remember the televangelist name but the oh the yeah coronavirus yeah the, vamp- the, va- <laughs> the wind of god the wind of god oh man the vamp- i've seen two of them the and vampire looking son of a bitch yeah like that guy yeah. his eyes look a little like oh yeah like the whites of his eyes might be like red sure. or something yeah there yeah. yeah there are no demons but he is one he definitely looks like one he's scary but, yeah scary like, guy. regardless of who you are and what you believe that's a bop like that's yeah. the wind of God. The wind of God blows. The wind of God. yeah. <laughs> COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. <laughs> I said COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. Because like there's a group of other white dudes on stage with them, yeah. kind of repeating him, and yeah, they yeah. use that as like a nice call and response for the for waiting for the beat to drop. Or Absolutely. Whatever, so that's very good. Um. Well, usually, I mean, here's the deal. Usually, I I throughout our opening conversation about two minutes in i start thinking like okay how are we going to get to whatever it is we're talking about <laughs> today it's so easy because you're talking about how the internet's ruined everything and yeah. we're talking about somebody who is is in the midst of or or was at the center of conversations about that 
um, mm-hmm. fairly recently. Uh, I mean, I assume we're going right. I, I can say welcome to Comic yeah. Creators. Welcome to Comic sure. Creators podcast. Uh, I'm the doc. That's the maestro on the other end. We're not together. We're social distancing. Yeah, it's. it's I'm on the here. other end. Yeah, you're on. The- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are. I'm over here. <laughs> to me, you are. <laughs> I'm on this end. Yeah, to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I've uh, I have a uh, I've run a <laughs> an Ethernet cable from my basement. Yeah. All the way to the router upstairs because um, the Wi Fi is fine down here, but sure. like I'm also like nerd, I guess. So I just I want like pristine. Yeah, totally. And I like to, I like to imagine like while we're podcasting, mm-hmm. our voices just shooting back and forth underneath the rug in the living room. <laughs> yeah, and like you know Tiff's up there like playing with the dogs, walking over our voices. Sure. Yeah. Does Does it work like that? I think that's how that works. Yeah. I mean, I'm no computer scientist, but oh, I am a so, doctor. So it's so amazingly that. quick, huh? <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I don't know if it is because you ran the cable or what, but I am very happy with and proud of how our podcast sounds, even doing distance recording. Totally. It's because, the cable. Yeah. Is I it ran. the cable? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I have listened to some other podcasts. I won't drop any names, but everybody's doing distance recording right now. And I've listened yeah. to some podcasts, at least, where I'm like, Man, not I never have negative thoughts where I'm like, man, they suck. You know what I mean? But I'm just no. like, man, I'm very grateful for how our podcast is able to oh, sound dude, right totally. now. Totally. Like, that was for me. Like whenever all this happened, that was like important yeah. to me. Sure. Because yeah. I uh, I listened to a bunch of different podcasts. There's this one podcast yeah. called The Q and A with Jeff Goldberg, I think. Okay. Um, but it's like a screenwriting filmmaking thing where he just interviews different writers and writer directors and. It's in front of a live audience, and yeah. some episodes start off with the crowd mic because I'm assuming t- technical difficulties. Sure, and I turn it off. Oh, really? I just I can't. Oh, I, I, I like I need. I mean, I can't if it's that important to me. But I'm like, I was on the fence anyway about you know listening to this episode anyway, and I'm like, no. Is it, is it the kind of thing that you could push through? Like if you just if you just pop that thirty seconds button a few times, could you get past it, or is it like no? I this don't is know. just the episode now. It, you know I, what I mean? My assumption was this is the episode. The next episode yeah. is just as appealing. Let's try. Okay, yep. That's that's a feed from a decent microphone. Gotcha. Right yeah, I mean that's. I feel like that's that's probably something everyone experiences. If you listen, I've definitely yeah. done that. Where you listen to it and you're like, this quality is just not good enough, and yeah. it's going to take. I'm not going to be able to pay attention <laughs> to what they're saying because I'm going to be listening to the sound quality the whole time. Yeah. But totally. my guess is that you ha- are heightened in your sensitivity to that. Uh, yeah, you know. um, and it's it's bad too. It's like mouth noise and sibilant s's. Yeah, right. Everybody, go back and check out our ASMR episode. That's the yeah, that's the um, easy plug right there. To where if I'm super <laughs> interested in the in the in the people in the subject or the people talking, like yeah, I just try like I have to physically try and just zone through that. Yeah, definitely. and then eventually it goes away. But it it's it's a it's a process. Yeah, no, I get that. But um, Kevin Smith, dude. Well, no, I mean that's the thing. Oh. This transition is easy. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, Kevin. I'm Smith. not seeing any of these transitions. Are you not? You're just, you're, oh my gosh. Well, it, I mean, we're talking about podcasts. Number one. Uh, oh yeah. We're talking about how the internet has changed things. Number two. Yeah. Um, okay. There's a lot of Kevin Smith going on in here. We'll there get is. to it. We'll get to it. Um, all right. Yeah. I'm so, just firing on all all cylinders yeah, man, today. You are killing it. I couldn't connect him to the televangelist, but other than that, it was. It I was, could. It was. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That? Oh, just sort of cult he, of personality kind of. No, of thing, Kevin Smith is a very like he struggles with true. the Christian re- religion. That's and, and true. He's a Catholic. That looks right? like he's a Catholic. Yeah. yeah. 
That's right. So, that's a good point. I uh, Buddy that. Christ and Dogma is very kind of like televangelist. See, like I feel see, great. I feel great about this episode already. We're going. There's we're no, going. It's, it's yeah. going good. We're going to the top. We're going to the top. So Kevin Smith is a filmmaker. He's a comedian. He's a public speaker. He's a podcaster. He wrote books. Um, mm-hmm. He is a producer, I think. Um, Comic books. Comic yeah. books, yeah. Comics mm-hmm. writer, good call, good call. He's done a lot of stuff. He has, yeah. Born in 1970, so at the time we're recording this, he's 49 years old. He's from New Jersey, which is a big part of his sort of identity and cultural persona, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, what's he? What, what's he best known for? Let's do the hits. Uh, I would say um, he's best known for yeah. the characters mm-hmm. Jay and Silent Bob in general. Good call. Good call. I was going to say Clerks, but I think you're right. Yeah. Um, um, well, you know, Clerks is the origin of Jay and Silent Bob. Absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that distinction is an important one. And I yeah. do think that that sort of whole little universe that he created yeah. is probably exactly. His and I think thing. he like he he was he was doing the the Marvel cinemat- cinematic universe before it was cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. He was doing yeah. a lot of stuff before it was cool. Actually, yeah. um, mm-hmm. he's a man that's been very ahead of the curve in a lot of ways, which he's is a pioneer. Really cool. um, pioneer. Yeah. So films wise, because um, he starts out prominently as a filmmaker. That's how he came yeah. to is his claim to fame initially he made clerks um yep. 1994 94 he made uh mall rats uh which was no- oh i was about to say it was the sequel it wasn't it was the next kevin smith movie um no but uh something i never realized until yeah. kind of doing some reading is mall rats yeah. is supposed to take place the day before clerks are you kidding me according to the As- askuniverse yeah. wikipedia huh that's yeah. really interesting i didn't know it that. is yeah, huh. I didn't either. I wonder if there are like connective tissue threads that I would notice now if I went back and watched it. Yeah. Because I remember there was a line in Mallrats that always confused me, and now it makes perfect sense where uh, Jay says something to the effect of, uh, they're getting chased, and he says, a bastard's faster than Walt Flanagan's dog. And yeah. I remember at the time being like, who the hell is Walt Flanagan? Like, what What are you yeah. talking And I read in some internet thing, because I was into Kevin Smith, I read like, Walt Flanagan is a childhood friend, blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, oh, of course, Walt Flanagan. Like, Walt, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> he's yeah it's and that that'll tie into the quality of his movies later on in sure. life yep yep that sure will um, you know it yeah we'll get there yeah we will so mall rats uh chasing amy is yeah. his next one um, and uh yeah arguably his best arguably uh, critically. yeah critically his best yeah uh dogma was his fourth mm-hmm. uh after that he does jay and silent bob strike back that's like the first movie that came out where we're like kind of old enough to like <laughs> yeah yeah. actually kind of get into the you know what's sure. happening and i'm not even sure if i'm not i don't remember when i first saw clerks i, I saw it at Dude, your house i saw clerks young uh so yeah. i have i have this strange memory of being a child and my mom heard an interview with kevin smith on like an npr piece or something because my mom's sure. an npr addict a lot worse things to be addicted to but yeah. um she listened to a ton of npr she would just constantly have it on and she heard a piece with kevin smith where he talked about how filthy his first film clerks was but how he was he still understood himself as a catholic and his faith was really important to him and all this kind of stuff and he because he was more religious at the time i think yeah and so for some reason that um i think my mom heard that and went will can watch this movie and so <laughs> and so I watched that's, that movie. That's wonderful. I watched that movie at probably I don't know what age I would have been, eleven, twelve, something like that. Yeah. Um so it would have been a few years after it came out, but I was far yeah. too young to see that movie. 
I mean, it's realistically, it's fine. They just talk about sex a lot. Um, yeah. It wasn't like horrific graphic violence or anything. No. But, I mean, a, um, a, a guy does die in the bathroom. But. That's right. <laughs> that's right. There's a little bit of like necrophilia, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, that's um, what that is. That's right. But uh, <laughs> but it's not a uh, you know it's just a it's a vulgar movie. It's not a it's not a harmful one. I would I would argue. Yeah. But nonetheless, yeah, I watched that way too early. Um, mm-hmm. So I do remember watching that. Mallrats was always my favorite. Yeah, growing you up. introduced me to Jane Silent Bob. Oh, yeah. And- Kevin Smith in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um, I, sure. Yeah, I think you were my in for. I don't know where you were finding all this stuff. Sure. But like, you know, the Evil Dead movies. I saw yeah. at your house. Yeah, um, sure. All that, all this, these kind of like. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. We got to do an evil. We got to do an Evil Dead uh, totally. episode. I mean, obviously a Sam Raimi in general, but an Evil yeah. Dead one particularly. So he does. Uh, Jane Saw Bob Strike Back is where we got to. Then he does Clerks Two. He does. Um, Jersey girl, Jersey you just girl. Jersey oh my god! Girl. I'm so so sorry, <laughs> Kevin. Uh, I did. Yeah, he, yeah. he he apologized. He, he accepts he's, your apology. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Uh, yeah, Jersey girl. Clark, now, Jersey yeah. girl is a movie I want to watch again. Okay. Um, yeah. And the reason being is I was scrolling through IMDb uh, yeah. reviews of that movie today. Uh-huh. User reviews. Sure. And there's a lot of love for that movie, mm. and I think it's in retrospect of the whole Hollywood yeah. like. Sure. bomb right yeah. the yeah. hollywood bomb especially back then was like what well, maybe even more so now but mm-hmm. like it didn't do well because yes. uh you know ben affleck and jennifer lopez the yeah. year before were in a big romantic comedy and people big, were like oh it's just that again but flop. it wasn't really you yeah know? yeah and there was i mean there was already i think at that point in his career some notion that he had sort of passed his peak a little bit, you know, yeah. and, and I don't know if it was because of Jersey Girl. Um, I always put that point sort of at Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but uh, nevertheless, uh, we sure. I, I lo- let me get through his filmography because I, I there's so much to say about this guy. Um, okay. so Clerks 2 comes out in 2006, mm-hmm. then he does Zach and Miri Make a Porno, mm-hmm. uh, which I actually liked. I thought it was a respectable little comedy, yeah. you know. It's a uh, yeah, I think he uh. Well, there's there's a whole history there with sure. uh, Harvey Weinstein and Bob Weinstein, right? And them not marketing the movie properly, uh-huh. the the movie like struggling to get an R rating, uh, yeah. As opposed to like, I think he he he's even quoted saying, you know, in Hostel, like they can do X, Y, and Z, but you know, as soon yes. as you have a movie about you know with two people having sex in it, it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you know, an NC seventeen rating. That's the bad thing, yeah. Not yeah, people murdering each other. Yeah, sure. So he does that. He does Cop Out in two thousand ten. Uh, which yep. marks a definite turning point that we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, then in 2011, he does Red State, which I meant to go and rewatch for this, and yep. I just didn't uh, yeah, I have I have yet to see that movie. Oh, that's right. You need to yeah, wa- you I need to score need to that movie because <laughs> uh, absolutely <laughs> that's one that uh, be, I mean I'm, you know this, but for the listeners, people will use that as practice because it has no score to it. Yeah. And so well, it, you know. it's one of those things where like I don't think people use that movie as practice. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Sure. Yeah. I've read a lot of different interviews with Kevin Smith about this, where he's like, "I'm just waiting for someone to do this thing uh-huh. because there's no score and like, sure. what a way to be discovered to score this movie." Uh-huh. And I, being a film com- film composer, it's so it's such a difficult job that like you got to really 
give it your all to right. like score a movie for maybe no, nothing in return. Sure, you know what I mean. Sure, sure. Yeah, it, but it, like it's one of the things where I, I I don't know this, and I'm sort of talking out of my ass, but I could see it be the kind being the kind of thing where you know uh, if you were going to school for that. Someone might Absolutely. take might take a yeah. five or ten minute segment and be like, "This is the final, right? Turn but in man, something that like, goes with this." I don't know. And I'm probably preaching to myself here, but if someone mm. were to take that movie and legitimately score it from head to toe sure. and send it to Kevin Smith, yeah, that could that could potentially start your career. That's absolutely true. Yeah, but if it's your career scoring Kevin Smith movies yeah. now, right? <laughs> that's the kicker like true we'll, yeah. we'll get into that yeah we'll get into that um so red state 2011 and then another turning point see dude i mean i thought when we were talking about doing a kevin smith episode i was like yeah cool we'll talk about his movies we'll talk about his podcast there you go um and yeah. then as i dug in i was like man there are f- layers and phases to this career and they all have different interesting angles um mm-hmm. so there's a lot there anyway tusk 2014 marks another shift for sure yeah. something called holidays which i'm not sure what that is to be honest um, with you do you know that I th- it, it might be like a, an anthology but yeah it's yeah. an anthology deal so yeah. it, i don't think it really counts as like sure. a feature or anything yeah uh yoga hosers 2016 yeah and then which was a yeah. movie that like i <laughs> That's, you have to whew. watch it with the right kind of set of glasses you on. You have right? to have yes, yes, and we'll um, we'll talk about we'll that in particularly. We'll yeah. That, yeah, um, and then Jay and Silent Bob reboot is the most recent release yeah. that he's done. He's slated mm-hmm. for some others, but that's the most recent release. But it's not just his movies, and we can't go through everything he's done because he's prolific. Uh, he's written comics. He's written some Batman comics that actually made a little bit of a difference. Uh, he wrote one called cacophony and one called the widening gyre. And those to some extent, at least shaped conversation about the Batman comics universe for a little bit. Right. Um, He he was the first comic book writer to actually show Batman fart. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) There's also, there's also a big controversy because he makes Batman piss himself in one, in one scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, it it wasn't like he was scared or anything. It was the notion of like Batman was in a place with a controlled or it wasn't controlled. It was like a a blast, a heat explosion, a heat explosion. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And he did that. And he, apparently Kevin Smith talked to a firefighter buddy of his and he was like, Oh no, you pee a little bit when that happens. It's just a biological you know, yeah. reaction. There's nothing shameful or weird about it or whatever. So he, th- he thought yeah. he had a cool, like, interesting in of, like, <laughs> you know, biology and, yeah. like, this little being, like, yes. in there in the action. It's like, no, you made Batman he, piss himself. He, he doesn't piss himself. He's Batman. Um, right. So, anyway, but he, he wrote that. And then yeah. I think I think the big second half of his career is, is podcasts. Um, of course you wouldn't mention Daredevil or Green Arrow. That's true. Just Batman. <laughs> He, he 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 he's the he's the man that killed Karen Page. <laughs> that is that's a great point. I'm so sorry. That actually is yeah. a really important uh, comics thing. Yeah, um, that's a big deal. Yeah, that is a big it's deal. A big stinking deal. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually forgotten <laughs> that that was him. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, Guardian I knew, Devil was the, the yeah. name of that. Uh, yeah. Run. It was a good. It was a good run. I liked it. He also it's, created. Uh, yeah. M- uh, Mia Durden in, in the uh, uh, Dearden Dearden. Anyway, if if you watch uh, Arrow, uh, it's Oliver's oh. sister is kind of based on that character a little bit with huh. Mia. Yeah. But then they they actually um, introduce another character later on, from what I understand, in Arrow. That's wow. more. It's kind of Oliver's daughter in the future, and there's time travel, blah blah blah. But also, <laughs> those two characters are kind of both based on this young woman um, 
who Oliver in the comics takes under his wing, and yeah. I think she's supposed to be like the first HIV positive superhero. Okay. That's which is cool. pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I have a theory as to why he did that, but we'll we'll get to that. Interesting. So we uh, we keep saying, and and I I want to get to all that, and we keep saying we'll get to that, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. We might not it's, at this point. Yeah, I know, and it's also just yeah. hitting me that like this is the kind of guy who we could spend the whole time talking about any particular one of his pieces of art. Yeah. And I think we should maybe say that we might do that in the future. Like, sure. maybe we'll take an episode and just do Clerks or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, I think we could do it, but... Yeah, because, like, yeah. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, you and I... At one point, you and I, and our buddy James probably, I think, was in there... Uh, had some of the scenes from Clerks memorized. Do you remember that? Because some of that dialogue <laughs> was so good, and it was there was this yeah. one. There's the one scene where the woman is looking around in the video store, and Randall is just sitting on the counter or sitting behind the counter reading a magazine, and yeah, <laughs> she tests oh, wow. him or with something. And we I remember yeah. we had that memorized, and we performed it maybe just for ourselves. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but yeah. Uh, so we go we go deep with Kevin Smith for sure. Okay, so he also owns Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash, which is a running comic book store. I mean, they've had to shut down now, obviously, for the time being, but it's a comic book store in Red Bank, New Jersey, and it's also the subject of Comic Book Man, the TV show, which is where Walt Flanagan has gotten his sort of uh, notoriety beyond mm-hmm. just Kevin Smith. Okay, H- how do you want to proceed? What do you want to, uh, how should we attack talking about this? Because there's a lot of angles. There's a lot of ways we could go with it, I think. Sure. Um, I think my thought would be to kind of approach it from his start with 90s, what I think I was telling you earlier, almost this kind of punk rock mentality of making a movie. Yeah. So, you know, when in 94, when he decided to make Clerks, this was a time where people couldn't shoot movies on their iPhones, right? Yeah, there, that's right. There were no, there were no iPhones. There no. were no uh, cell phones, probably. Like, yeah. if, if there were, it's like you'd hook it into your car, right? <laughs> exactly. It's got a big cord on it, yeah. So he, he maxed, well, he, he decided he thought he could be a filmmaker when he saw the movie Slackers. He's like... Oh, I've never seen like a feature film like this, yeah. like a day in the life. I could I could kind of take this idea and write a story around a the store where I work in New Jersey, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um so he maxed out like, you know, 10 or 12 credit cards. Yeah. I forget what else he did to get some money, but the movie ended up costing about $28,000, right? And you could make clerks now for much less. Um if you have a decent uh, if you have a, have a decent way to record the sound, and you have a, a good phone, <laughs> you know you could make this movie for significantly less money. But yeah. then you had to pay for film stock, you had to pay for the cameras, you had to pay for all the equipment, you know you had to pay for a sound guy, um, you had to pay for all of these things. Which you know now to make a, a really good movie, you still have to pay for all these things and rent better things and and hire people who well, know sure. what they're doing for every little thing. Yeah. But if you look at the quality that is Clerks, it's just a black and white movie, you know, natural lighting, uh, single location. Yeah. Uh, the actors are your friends, right? Yeah. And he, it, it wasn't all, I mean, it wasn't all his friends, right? I mean, he did go and scout actors, right? Is that not right? Um, Maybe. I, I was thinking Dante was someone that he found who was like a local sure. actor. So I might be wrong okay. about that. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, nonetheless, that, that's, that's, a lot yeah. of, at, at the very least, all the sort of B and C level parts are all your yeah. friends. You fill it out with people you know who will do it for free. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you, you watch the movie now and there's like some like kind of hipper like soundtrack music yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Um, and that's music that was added after the Sundance. Oh, release. is that right? Yeah. It that's, played Sundance. Yeah. The Weinsteins bought it. They got money huh. and they repurposed the soundtrack and actually had money behind it to make it feel like a more of a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, recognizable songs and covers of songs, that kind of stuff. That's wild. I never even considered that. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it makes perfect sense because it's got that like kind of cool, like, I mean, he was a young guy at the time. He was a young kid. Yeah. And he was on the front edge of 20s. Like, yeah. It was like all this sort of grungy, you know, indie rock type stuff yeah. from the 90s. Um, yeah, this this just this idea that you could put together less than thirty grand and make a feature that plays yeah. Sundance. It sure. plays Cans. Yeah, you know, like and even crazy. I mean, even then, that was a that was a wild long shot, right? That even then, that yeah. was that was a lightning sure. strike. But at the same time, I mean, he did it, and and he did it at a time when there weren't the sort of technological shortcuts that there are now, yeah. which is which is wild, which is really yeah. really and, cool. You know, the, the big difference is is yeah. back then it was significantly harder to get a movie made. So yeah. there were significantly less movies it's to good choose point. from. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, now there are thousands and thousands of submissions every year of brand new movies. Yeah. Because the technologies just exist, so it's actually yeah. harder to get in now. Yeah. Just just due to sheer number of filmmakers and totally movies out there. Yeah, totally. And also, the, probably you know the majority of the submissions now, even though there are you know probably exponentially more, most of their sort of production qualities are probably well beyond what Clerks was. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, so so he he makes Clerks. Um, he puts it out. He, as you said, plays Sundance. Gets picked up by production company and distribution company. I suppose I don't know how the business mm -hmm. uh, business end of that. I works guess it was Mir Miramax. Miramax. Yeah. Paid paid to get it played on. You know, put on a few screens and easily made its money back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty grand. And so. I think in the wake of, I'll bring up another personal memory that I have. Um, I have a memory of Kevin Smith. It was, I, I don't know if I was in early high school or if I was in middle school or something. I came with my dad up to Lexington for some reason. I don't even remember why I was here, but I went to UK's campus with dad. I don't know if he was just showing me the campus or what, cause he went there. And so we were walking around the campus and there was a poster where they were having a filmmaker series and Kevin Smith was coming to speak at UK's campus. That's um, cool. Yes. And I got, I like grabbed one of the posters somehow, or dad grabbed one for me or something. I think I still have the poster and it's like this <laughs> young you know, overweight Kevin Smith with his backward hat yeah. on, you know, and it's like um, a filmmaker series and he was coming just to speak. And I don't know if that was just in the wake of Clerks or if that was in the wake of like Mallrats or maybe even Chasing Amy. Um, yeah. So yeah. like those movies, like, you know, Clerks was re released in 94. Mm -hmm. That was very successful, yeah. you know, on the indie movie playing field. So yeah. they made Mallrats in 95. Wow. And I Chasing Amy was 97, which is only three years after the release of Clerks. Yeah. So that's that's pretty wild. Um, yeah, he 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 came out of the you know out of the gate swinging, if that's what yeah. they say. I yeah. think that's what they say. They came out of the boxer boxers punching. Yeah, boxers. Uh, that's a box. That's a classic boxer metaphor. He's a kick puncher. He's a kick puncher. So yeah. Mallrats comes out. It doesn't do as well critically, at least. I don't know how. Yeah. It, I, so he got a he got a much it larger. Was a flop. Yeah, it was a flop. It was a much larger budget than what he had yeah. on Clerks, obviously, because it was a studio movie, right? Yeah, and. 
It didn't do as well. Uh, I, d- I don't know. I didn't look into any of the reviews for Mallrats or anything. Uh, yeah. I loved it when I was a kid, but I think that yeah, probably so, tracks into some of the critiques that it got. No, absolutely. Actually, so as, as a kid, like you know, Mallrats was my go-to before yes. Clerks. Yeah. Um, which is not true to me now. Yeah. But going back to the Clerks for a minute, I think you know, it's it's not just that this kid from New Jersey got a movie made. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Critique him how you want as a filmmaker, all you want. But as like a storyteller, I think he has a very unique voice. He does, yeah. And just like your Tarantinos of the world, like it sounds like these characters are speaking through his brain, yes. right? Yeah, it does. And that's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of movies where, <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to be critiqued due to that. Yeah. But for me, that's exciting yeah. for for someone to have such a unique spin on how the world works in such a mundane uh, scenario. Yeah, but they all speak in a way that's like unique and exciting. Yeah, you so can, I think that's that that's yeah. What was that? No, I was just gonna say you can tell it's it's Kevin Smith dialogue when you hear right. it. Part of that has to do with what the content is. You know, I mean, this was one of the things I saw in reading a couple articles about him. Just to refresh, you know, he was quoting deep cuts from comic books in the decade when Marvel comics was like going bankrupt. So it wasn't, it wasn't like the cool thing to be doing to be making all these like Wolverine references and stuff. So he was doing that. (laughs) Exactly. And so he was ahead of the game on that stuff. But for, you know, for me growing up on Wolverine, yeah. Um, from my dad, like that was a big end for me is like picking up on this, um, as a child, yeah, like these Kevin Smith movies, which I don't know if I had any business watching those, no. and I don't know. I'm sure you feel the same <laughs> of course, to some extent, but of like, but I wouldn't you know, change it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but we were also listening to like Blink 182 yeah. and like punk rock and stuff. Yeah, of so course. It's like, it's yeah, all, I mean, you know. no, definitely. And so, uh, you know, Mallrats got some criticism. I mean, I I can understand it in retrospect. It it was like a a, a sort of uh, financially bloated version of Clerks, but at a mall and yeah. less sophisticated. So th- whatever, Mallrats comes and goes. It gets a following on on like DVD and VHS when it comes out. Um, yeah, so it actually yeah. was fairly successful in the home video market. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, it it didn't not make money. It's just in in Hollywood's eyes, like the, that opening weekend is your worth as a movie. Yeah, which is yeah, definitely silly. Which and I think silly, that will that will change, especially yeah. things are going to change very soon, and they're changing right now. And <laughs> they our, are currently changing. So. Uh, so he makes that. Then he makes Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy is one where so you already mentioned Tarantino, but I want to bring this up. He gets you know uh, when people talk about how his career has changed they usually cite the fact that he was thought of as a sort of peer um or you know sort of a classmate in the filmmaker right. wave that brought us Tarantino um yeah because after his after at least clerks and potentially after chasing amy that's what people thought right he is the next one of the next big you know, like you had New Hollywood, yeah. is that what it's called, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like you had New Hollywood. One of the next big voices. Exactly. In, 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 yeah. And it did films. not pan out that way for him. Uh, right. and, and we'll talk about that as we get to later stuff. But I think well, Chasing I mean, just, Amy... Yeah. Just think think about Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino right now and think exactly. about how they speak about themselves, yes. right? Yep. Kevin Smith is like, I, I think I'm a filmmaker or whatever, man. Yeah. And Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> yeah. like, he, you know, Quentin thinks he's a he's an absolute genius. <laughs> <laughs> he think he think you know he he does yeah. yeah 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 and a lot of people agree a lot of people you know? agree yeah exactly um, but because of that he has spent years and years yeah sharpening a specific craft yes. a craft that he is absolutely and utterly obsessed with yeah 
Kev Smith likes movies or whatever. He likes podcasts too. <laughs> he does. And yeah. comic books. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. But more than anything, more than anything, Kevin Smith likes to talk. He does. Yep. Absolutely. You know, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd rather talk than make a movie. Which is why, I mean, which is part of why his movies that he made, uh, that he has made, are so are dialogue heavy. They're so I mean, talking. It's all and people talking. It's two people sitting in the room saying different stuff. You know what I mean? But it's what we love yeah. about it. It you is. Know? Yeah. It's his voice. And his, his his voice is the thing. Right. Yeah. But uh, he also puts it in a, in a very realistic universe that has a lot of yeah. surreal odd yeah. silly like you know they're they're silly jokes but yes. the world is surreal it the is. world's not realistic that's a very good point yeah. I, n- I never thought of his little esque universe as being like that and i don't yeah. think that i can't see him using such five dollar words to describe it right i can't right. see him saying oh it's surrealist actually but it kind yeah. of is it's like kind its is. own little world um that specifically came out with the reboot which i just watched recently um that yeah. gets very sort of funny and surrealist and you're right it is all goofy but all it needs to be proper surrealism is just to take itself just a hair more seriously you know yeah so anyway chasing amy uh that comes out that movie was sophisticated that was like to me to me that was like his big fish right that's 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 the window into oh this is what a different kevin smith career trajectory could have looked like right sure we could have gotten a lot more of that because chasing amy explores you know uh lgbt issues before that was as much on the sort of cultural forefront as it is now it explores uh you know the 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 main characters are comics book comic books comic book writers and artists yeah uh Mm -hmm. they do they do like a creator own book and all this stuff yeah Um, they make a lot of one of them is is the pencil pencilist and one of them is the inker yeah and for those who don't know what that means (laughs) it means one of them draws the picture the other one traces the picture Mm -hmm. right um which is not you know that's not not true but that's a recurring joke that like affleck is the man and jason lee is he just traces his buddy's work man man, you're a tracer (laughs) (laughs) but like but that movie has like very just those funny little insights into uh, like the you know the you know, the things you love yeah no totally yeah. and that, but i mean and the reason that movie was i think that was very critically acclaimed in in kevin smith terms anyway was because like that has a sophisticated when i say it has like lgbt stuff uh, uh issues at the forefront of that story it's not just like oh there are more gay characters or it's more representative yeah. right it's more it's also about the sort of spectrum of sexuality and yeah. how like it's not it's not bifurcated like that like there are characters in there who it's not that they are gay or are straight. They're living through these various sort of sexual interdynamics and experiences, sure. and that's that's a that's grown up stuff. You know, that's what I mean? grown up stuff. Yeah, and the, the, you know, the movie did receive criticism from some of the LGBT. Oh, did uh, it really? Okay. Community. Yeah. Um, because in it, it, you can view the movie in one way that it's like. Oh well, the perception is is that you know the gay character just needs to find the right man. I see, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, he's he didn't. That was not his intent at all. Yeah. You know, he he sure. he's been quoted saying, you know, his his brother Donald is gay. Yeah, he believe you know he does believe that sexuality is more fluid. You know, with sure. social taboos, what that prevent people from expressing you know yeah how they really feel about it. Sure, know? yeah. Well, and and to to his credit, I mean, I those the criticism may be very well thought through and well founded i don't know but um to his credit as you're saying that i do remember in the film he 
does articulate that potential complication, right? Where like she is a gay person, but she falls in love with someone who is a man. And I remember there are scenes in that where her friends are mad at her for doing that. And so it is that sort of complication of like, um, she is worried. The character herself is worried about feeling that way or you know what i mean a feeling like she is not being true to herself in some type of i don't know it's very interesting but nonetheless so that's that's sort of grown up kevin smith yep uh dogma what do we want to say about dogma that's the next (laughs) one that comes out i loved this movie when i was a kid i remember loving it um Um, it was one of those movies that like growing up in like uh evangelical type of uh extended family and area mm -hmm. of the country like yeah having like me just having like a really good sense of humor about the whole thing but sure. also thinking like oh my family would not be okay with this movie oh interesting yeah yeah, yeah. um did, did you never have any of those thoughts um not particularly uh for for some reason i just uh no i don't really remember ever having any of that thought probably i mean probably because it was my mom who let me watch clerks so yeah i figure if it's yeah. kevin smith it's fine well no i mean um, we you know yeah. we used to watch this movie in front of my mom and dad yeah okay um, i thought i thought i remembered yeah that, but watching that you know movie. yeah 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 sure no i mean I, I don't have any sort of explicit memories of being like oh wow the the representations of angels or whatever are problematic or like god's a woman or something like that right uh, i don't i don't remember i mean i may have had those thoughts but i don't remember having any of no I, and i never thought of them as problematic right you um, just realized that other people would <laughs> something sure. yeah yeah exactly yeah. i don't know does that do you think that movie I, yeah no go I, ahead here, here's what i think's messed up about it yeah totally um, not messed up about the movie but uh, the perception of the movie sure. is that i think the movie got a lot more uh, a lot more uh, critique from the Catholic Church and oh, not yeah. the Christian faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, other aspects of the Christian faith are like, oh, no, he's making fun of Catholics. Right. Not, yeah. not my faith. Oh, and there's deep, I mean, especially in, uh, I mean, not where he, you know, not Red Bank, New Jersey, probably, and not more sort of urban centers in the country, but like in the Protestant rural areas, there's yeah. like, a, there's a long history of deep sort of anti-Catholicism. So I, I could definitely yeah. see people being like, oh, that's just picking on Catholics. Like, yeah where we're from yeah but Um, at the same time like watching that movie you it all you also can feel that he has a nostalgia and love for catholicism yeah it's he it's not just punching the thing you're absolutely right it is not him trying to tear it down it's really not um and that's that's an interesting thing too i don't think he's talked too much publicly um he talked a little bit about his faith but he's not like a guy who's going to go on and on about that um yeah. it seems like that's kind of one of the only subjects he won't just talk ad nauseum about. Yeah. well <laughs> well i think i think his wife probably i've heard him talk on yeah. numerous podcasts where he his wife's always like picking on him for having for still kind of oh i know, see yeah she's not be, religious or something no not at all gotcha so I wonder if that plays into it. but Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. But, I mean, it is definitely not a sort of orthodox Catholic film. I remember um, he, he's always someone who has engaged with the fans, and this will sort of take us into other areas of his career. He's always someone who has engaged with fans more so than, like, other filmmakers or public figures. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you know, when dogma came out and there was, when dogma came out and there was like Catholic protesting, like at showing screenings of the movie and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I remember there was one time when a local TV crew caught him on camera because he made a sign and joined the protesters. Um, <laughs> and then they, they, the local TV crew was talking and they didn't know who he was. And so they were just yeah. talking to him as a protester. And he was like, I think it's just shameful what this filmmaker's doing <laughs> and all this stuff. <laughs> and so I'm sure you can YouTube that and watch him talk about his own movie and protest his own movie. Just yeah. so those little clever ways of interacting with whoever's engaging with your art is yeah. he's always been doing that, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't have any sort of big point to make about dogma. I remember yeah. loving I mean, it. Well, I think what's great about dogma is that dogma without Jane silent Bob would be interesting in its own way, mm. but he used the movie as, as a, just another adventure for these characters he made yeah. up, you know, in, in 94 with clerks and one of those characters, Jay, being one of his buddies growing up, right, who was yeah. not an actor, yeah, um, who wasn't at all comfortable being an actor, <laughs> yeah. Um, so on Clerks, what he would do is they'd set the camera up and he'd make everyone leave, yeah. And then just like there are scenes where it's Jay and Silent Bob dancing in front of the the <laughs> quick stop, right? Yeah. And there was no one else there because That's so good because Jay couldn't do it. He yeah. couldn't get out of his own head, you yeah. know. And now look at him, right? Now. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, now he he runs a room. But you know, I think that's also some something about a director is like he didn't have any. Um, he's like, I know I can get out of Jay what I need for what's on screen for w- what the movie is, and that's yeah. what a director has to do. They have yeah. to you know take what they have and 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 you know get if they they have to feel confident that they can get what they need you know from um, yeah. what they're whatever they're utilizing, whether it be an actor or. A location or yeah. a script or you know no i mean that's absolutely true and it's interesting with him i feel like he's applied those skills in sort of a very different way he hasn't sort of kept those skills and we'll talk about this more when we get to his later career but he hasn't sort of kept those skills only focused on only focused on directing films right he's used no. those i mean that's why we, you and i know who walt flanagan is right yeah. because because he just is using all these interesting human beings who he knows and who are around him you know right. and he finds ways to show his audience what's interesting about those people in those situations yeah. and that's well i mean, I mean that's great. You know, i think he you know he he was one of the first big filmmakers who had his foot in the door of yeah. a, a niche audience like yes dogma yeah. is another movie about jay and silent bob yeah. playing in theaters across <laughs> the united states that's yeah. crazy yeah yeah, right? like, yeah yeah not now in 2020 it's like any filmmaker who has their own or even like a band is pro- probably even a better example sure where, you know, a band can like release an album on Spotify. Yeah, they have their Patreon account, and they have you know, oh, you have like uh, twenty thousand people giving you a dollar a month. That's twenty thousand dollars a month. You know, yeah, for your band, like definitely, that's all you need. You yes. don't have to have uh, this huge global stardom. You just need yes. um, that core group of people who are just into are are buying your brand. Well, you know? and 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 much like, I mean, as we're talking about this, this reminds me of sort of our David Bazan episode where we we're talking about how he was so innovative, not only in terms of the actual artifact of his art, but in terms of how he gets that art to people and yeah. which which people he's going after to get that art to, right? Um and we've talked about this a lot, right? Where you I remember you saying on one episode like, 
it, it used to be the case that you made an album and then you had to sell that album to people, right? It might have even been yeah. the Bazan episode. But Kevin Smith has very much been on the forefront of those types of changes, right? And some people, I think some people would say that that has limited his career or even made it bad, but I think he's fine with it, you know? No, I, <laughs> it seems like. I mean, yeah, no, I, I would disagree in the sense that like, Mm. If if Kevin well not with you but I would disagree with oh, the with idea that, that notion that, yeah mm-hmm. the notion that you know that it sure. made his c- career bad like yeah. are his movies as good as they used to be yeah. for me yeah. no yeah but if that were his intent and he just kept failing yes. I would feel differently about it it's a like, great point he's doing exactly what he wants to do yes. he's 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 making plenty of money and feeding his family yep. and he's his podcasts are great his movies are a fun popcorn night and that's all, all that yeah. you know. What more could you want? What more could you want? So I'm gonna drop a uh, I'm gonna drop a quote in here. There's a uh, really good article on Vulture uh, that I was reading before we started the podcast called Kevin Smith's Celebrity Reboot. Um, it's by Abraham Reisman, and it's from a few years ago. I think it's from like right after maybe Yoga Hosers came out or something. But um, he talks about the author talks about how. Uh, Kevin Smith has changed who he is to the public and like what he is over time and how he's done that in a successful way, but in a way mm-hmm. that's not what his sort of expected trajectory was, right? I mean, when he yeah. was being called Tarantino's peer, that's yeah. that's a very different outlook than what actually happened. So nevertheless, right. this article says, um, there's a quote, Smith changed American popular culture. In just a few years in the 90s, he simultaneously catalyzed no fewer than three tectonic shifts, introducing hardcore geekdom to Hollywood, uh, enshrining the travails of the emotionally stunted American beta male man-child, um, and establishing a robust and refreshingly open online presence and then it says smith was fighting trolls before you ever heard the word blog yeah he may not be in the mainstream cultural conversation the way he once was but he more than many of his contemporaries helped dictate the terms of that conversation and i think that's really oh, that's interesting yeah it's really interesting because like he was i remember him i mean you know him protesting his own movie dogma is just one example yeah but i think now that we've gotten through dogma it's a good place to note this is when he starts doing an evening with kevin smith do you remember those? A little bit, yeah. It's really a sort of I just watched like a 10-minute clip of him of him doing one of these. But what he would start doing, and he might have done this, I don't know the chronology, but it's around, you know, it's after two or three of his movies have come out and people know who he is because he's a director and he's Silent Bob. He starts booking theaters, like small theaters, and just going up and taking questions and just telling big, long... I mean, you know Kevin Smith. Like, he'll talk for 15 yeah. minutes before he gets to the point. But he kind of has a point every time he's talking. Yeah. And so he would do that in front of people. And he would go up for, like, two hours. People would buy tickets, sit in theaters, and then they would line up at mics and ask him questions about stuff. And yeah. so the, the clip that I watched was about him, his pitch to Warner Brothers to do the Superman Lives... Superman reboot with Nick Cage or whatever Um, and he wrote a draft of that script at one point and it was like an interesting entertaining story that was like told with all the sort of sophistication of like a stand-up comic even though he's not hitting he's not hitting laugh lines in the same way but he's a compelling person to listen to he kind of reminds me this portion of his career kind of reminds me of like henry rollins i don't know if you ever listen to any of his stuff where he'll just he'll just go up and just talk and he's just an interesting person to listen to and so anyway, I, I think I think we have to talk about that because it's sort of a transition into what so, he yeah, ends I up mean, doing. You know, you know, he's he's 
with Mark Maron and 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 yeah. Chris Hardwick, yes. he's one of the few godfathers of the success of the podcast. Yeah, he is. Um, without Kevin Smith, we would probably not be doing this. No, right we now, wouldn't. Right? No, no, no. Yeah, which um, is a which is a fascinating thing to think, right? To make it that personal, yeah. we wouldn't be having this conversation. Like that's interesting. Right. Um, and it's true, you know, not recording it. I mean, we would still be saying all these things, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we'd be talking. We would, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I first got into podcasts, like Fat Man on Batman was like yeah. my in, one of my ends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he would take, you know, he would interview different people involved in uh, comics, but mainly like Batman and the creation of Batman and different yeah. kind of key players in the in the comic book world, and just yeah. Kevin Smith talked to him for like you know a couple hours and I would just eat those up. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I remember like taking walks and listen to listening to those on, you know, it wasn't a smartphone at the time. Or maybe I guess it was a no, it was an iPod. Yeah, I would I was, download you'd it on probably my download to your iPod. Yeah, yeah, and put it on my computer. Like um I don't know when I don't remember when Smodcast got started, but yeah, I, I don't either. I remember in uh, you know, I mean it couldn't have been later than 2010. I remember like going for walks and listening to, you know, him interview Mark Hamill yeah. or or whoever, right? Or or uh, Bruce Tim or something like that. And it was just it was out at the time where like you know now on your phone if you're into podcasts you've got like you know seventy subscriptions or something and you listen yeah. to whatever it is you can. But at the time it was like no 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 it was like Kevin Smith and it was mm-hmm. Chris Hardwick and that was pretty much it. Like there might have been a thing or two, you know, maybe stuff yeah. you should know or something, but he was really on the forefront of that type of thing. Yeah. And I think that grows out of his evening with Kevin Smith stuff. No, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's one of the things where like I th- I think he's a he's a a creative who who over time yeah. had the re- realization of kind of what he needed creatively. Yeah. Um and I think telling stories in real time was he he realized was enough yeah and was a lot less expensive <laughs> yeah and it's something that he could do every day yeah um and not have to wait a few years to get something financed yeah. and then like struggle through the process of making it and then be and then have whatever that uh, uh outcome was yeah be how you uh what am i what's the word i'm looking for um be how you, how like you express de- or something. Yeah, well, how how you deemed your value. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when Jersey yeah. Girl came out, um, yeah, he was devastated at he's you know you spend all that time doing anything and like oh people hate this. Um, uh-huh. Zach and Mary made, made a porno was the same thing. He was yeah. like oh I think I just ruined yeah. Seth Rogen's career. Like <laughs> yeah. you know it, yeah having the realization like oh maybe 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 I just want to like talk and tell stories and talk you know sure yeah well and it's interesting too because like as we're as i'm looking at his filmography here like jay and silent bob strike back i remember you and i went to see that in theaters right is that correct do we see that uh, in theaters yeah i feel like I we did so. it came out in 2001 yeah. um uh-huh. but that was supposed to mark the end of the jay and silent bob you know portion of sure. his filmmaking career and he was going to go on the next thing he does is a jersey girl um and then yeah. right after jersey girl he's back to making clerks too <laughs> yeah so you yeah. know jersey girl i think i think that probably hit him pretty hard the the fact that that wasn't received very well yeah him stepping outside of what people knew him for yeah uh, well kind it, of it was you know it was a a movie yes. it wasn't a True. kevin smith movie it was point. like the whole the thought that oh Honestly, anyone could have made this movie. Yeah. Other, you know, he yeah. he said it in Jersey, and he he put the actors in there that he wanted, and he probably had there are plenty of yeah things that are Kevin Smith's DNA. But in general and in premise, it's like yeah, 
this could have been any of the kind of romantic comedies coming out that year. Yeah, and I no. think people responded to that like, <laughs> yeah, oh no, this isn't. No, was, this isn't what we signed up for. It was forgettable know? or something, yeah. And so he does Jersey Girl, he does Clerks 2, which Clerks 2 is fine. Um, yeah, it, it played cans too. Did it really? Yeah, this wow. is like reading back through like the Kevin Smith movies that have played these prestigious <laughs> film festivals blows yeah. my mind. I mean, it got like an eight yeah. minute standing ovation. Clerks 2 did? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> to, to some extent, this is, you know, what's, what's, I don't know. I remember Clerks 2 being fine and good yeah but i remember it being like well this isn't like his heyday like just because he called it clerks again and he has dante in it like it's not yeah but it was good i i I might have liked zach and miri more honestly um i need to rewatch clerks too because like reading about the premise uh again i I probably saw clerks too in 2006 yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) and that was probably the last time 14 years ago that's a fair point but the premise if after after clerks one clerks two it's like Oh, it's ten years later, yeah. and these guys are now working in fast food. Sure, instead <laughs> of at the, you know, that's sure. funny. It is funny, that's, and it's also comment. I mean, it's to some extent kind of commenting on him, right? I mean, he's returning yeah. to the trough. He's he's made a lateral move. He's making Clerks two, you know, yeah. uh, ten years, twelve years later. But he makes Cop Out, and in twenty ten. Do you, oh, yeah. do you do you have something else before that? No, cop out. Yeah, is, cop is out. a good place to. Um, so, there are so many interesting stories about cop out. Yeah, um, and how he feels about that movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the only. I, to my understanding, this is the only time he's directed a movie he didn't write. Is that correct? Uh, it, or it I was at least so. it was at least the first time. I don't know if he's done it since. Yeah, I don't think. I think he did it the one time. Okay. Or it's, I, I think he co-wrote a movie later on. Okay. The one that's actually coming out this year. Oh, cool. But it it was uh, it was supposed to it was a buddy cop movie starring Bruce yeah. Willis and who else? Who was the other buddy? Uh, was it Tracy Morgan? It could have been Tracy Morgan. I don't know. Let me check and see. Yeah, it does sound, yeah, it's Tracy Morgan and Bruce yeah. Willis. So uh, he directed that in 2010. It came out and it did not do well right <laughs> it, it did not do well um the yeah. uh, the big thing is uh i don't remember what show it was uh uh-huh. uh but kevin smith interviews uh ryan johnson okay uh about looper yeah and i listened to that interview a couple times before in my life just because I, I really like listening to like writer directors being interviewed especially if, if kevin smith interviews anyone it's like icing on the cake because i get sure. you know a hit of both of those energies, I oh, guess. Definitely, yeah. <clears throat> but um, you know, he kind of starts the interview with like, like, "So Looper was really good." Yeah. Um, trying to ease into this, like, <laughs> so what was your experience? I remember with this now Bruce that you're saying Willis? it. Yeah. And 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 uh and Ryan Johnson Johnson was like, "Oh man, it was." A literal yeah. dream. It was the you know the the best the best experience I've ever had. Um, yeah. He gave me more than I could ever um, you know imagine yeah. Yeah. from an actor, and sure. you can just hear Kev- Kevin in the interview just going, "Oh, it yep. was the worst experience of my life." And yep. he's like, "I just keep going back to the the fact that like he's like I think he just doesn't res- like I think he just respects writer directors maybe, and yeah. I didn't write this movie sure." But also, you yeah. know, Bruce Willis is known for do, doing one for him and one for them, you know? Yep, yep, um, yep. His, his experience, like, he's even at that point, even before podcast, he was always just very honest yeah. and vocal about an experience, like, it's in true. Hollywood, where he's like, 
oh yeah, we made this movie. It didn't do well. It was a terrible experience. Uh, Bruce Willis didn't respect <laughs> me at all. And yeah. that was a whole yeah. thing. And that, that, was, that made headlines. You he, know? he is someone who, and he's sort of done this the whole time, right? Has kind of played and, and mark, I mean, this is a gross term, but it's kind of true. He's marketed himself as the everyman. Uh, yeah. he, he pulls back the curtain. And I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying it's calculated, but like yeah. part of what is interesting about engaging with kevin smith stuff is that like you feel like you can relate to him even though you know i couldn't do what he's done but at the same time you kind of feel like you could you know what i mean like and he kind of goes goes so far as to make his fans feel like they could yeah and i honestly i honestly think he genuinely looks at himself as anybody could have done what I did. Sure, I just yeah. did it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not um, saying I'm not saying this is know, part of some PR machine. I'm you just know, saying and he, you, know. you know he's he's a wealthy man. He's he's done well for yeah. himself. Sure. Um. And I. But at the same time, like, he, he doesn't view himself as like an auteur. You yeah. know, he's not. He, he. You know, he's like I'm not a genius. I just Definitely. I just figured this stuff out. And like, he's a good talker though. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that is something that I'm not. So like. Sure. I no, could he, not have done that. Yeah, know? no, no, it makes sense. I mean, he's a, he's a good salesman. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Because in in part because he is honest and earnest. Yeah. Like he's mm-hmm. not he's not bullshitting you when he talks for the most part. So Cop Out gets hit hard by critics, and he takes it really personally. I remember this happening. Do you remember this kind of this kind of controversy with Kevin Smith and the critics around Cop Out around yeah, that is, time? Is, is that essentially when he decided to? quit filmmaking or was that after he talked about it yeah i mean he he made a movie the next year or so <laughs> so he didn't yeah. really but but yes that was when he was like i think i'm kind of done like and he lashed out it was twitter was becoming really big at that point and he lashed out on twitter at critics particularly like he took aim at critics who gave cop yeah. out and his other work low marks essentially and rather than sort of being kind of polite about it like you know, all pretty much everyone else is. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was to like trying to save their careers and yes, be political um, about it. And he was also someone who, as that one quote said, right, he was really involved with online fandom before most other creators were. Well, I mean, look at Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Part yeah. of one of the, 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 the movie premise, the entire plot is yeah. around yeah. online fandom. Yeah. It's about. They read on this movie, moviepoopshoot.com or yeah. whatever, that they were making a Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> movie and they yeah. were going to shut them down. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's yeah. the whole movie. No, it's totally true. It's totally true. I love that line where he's like, what the fuck is the internet? <laughs> yeah. And then and then it's Ben Affleck, ben Affleck in that spot. Well, the internet is a blah, blah, you know, just very clinical and like, ah, yeah. oh, it's so funny. It's so good. And they go to moviepoopshoot.com. <laughs> And he's and um, he's and he's describing like trolls and yeah. you know whatever yeah. you know no definitely they probably weren't called trolls at that time and, yeah yeah oh it's so so, so have you yeah. guys not seen these movies yeah. have you guys not seen these <laughs> like they they have are you, there's are you asking movie, our listeners <laughs> yeah okay. yeah um right. in that movie um it's got uh it's got ben affleck and matt damon in it yeah playing and this is ben affleck playing a different character yeah so ben affleck plays a character early on later in the movie he yeah. plays ben affleck oh, that's right in the middle of shooting uh goodwill hunting sequel oh that's right yeah and yeah, they yeah. and it's just a parody of the sequel and, it's like and he's already been a few man, characters, right? Because he was a character yeah. in Mallrats, and then he was the character in Chasing Amy. Yeah, uh, and the same yeah. thing with Jason Lee. Jason yeah, Lee yeah. plays all of, like you know, 
Yeah, he plays multiple they, all characters these, in that too. All right? these movies happen in the same universe, yeah. but all but multiple <laughs> like one actor plays multiple yeah. characters, and then when you have crossovers. <laughs> They just play that. <laughs> yeah, they're essentially so just twins, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's part of what makes cares? it surrealist. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. It's 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 with a jokey, you know, smirk. But um, yeah. so so anyway, after after Cop Out gets hit really hard, he goes on this huge thing. There's that airlines controversy that he had, which uh, it's it's small enough in his career. It's not even worth going into really. But yeah, he has this moment where it feels like he really lashes out. He lashes out at critics. Yeah. He lashes out at that airline. He lashes out at some of his fans i found a quote from his tweets from 2010 which you can do now if you want to burn people um yeah and <laughs> this tweet wouldn't says, recommend it no don't do that this but this one is relevant it says film fandoms become a nasty blood sport where cartoonishly rooting for failure gets the hit count up on the old brand new blog and if a schmuck like me pays you some attention score more eyes mean more advertising dollars yeah. Um, or something like this. And so, you know, it was, it, it, yeah. It's the start of uh, a negative review for something is so much more entertaining than yeah. a positive one. Yeah. And and him being a very honest sort of person and very public person with his opinions for the most part, he just lashes out at this and just yells yeah. about it. And I think to a lot of people, like, the general response to him lashing out like this was not good. Um, yeah. And I think to the extent he got mainstream press for this, it was sort of like, okay, Kevin Smith's now punching down at these little right. little bloggers and like yeah. movie critics, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. When I think most people's or the sort of mainstream reaction was, "We'll just make better movies," then like you know, yeah, don't complain about it, just make better ones, or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, make um, better movies or do what he ended up eventually ended up yeah. doing, or find find the right marketplace for yes. the thing you're making. Yes, right? yes, which is what um, he ends up doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, what's interesting about yeah, like his conversation with Ryan Johnson? Ryan was like. You know, I'm actually really good friends with a lot of popular um, film critics because, like in yeah. Hollywood, when you when you make it a certain to a certain level, everyone are just buddies, right? Sure. And I don't, yeah. Kevin didn't really, I think, really nest into that kind of kind of lifestyle. Either um, wasn't looking to do it or wasn't just. Yeah, but Ryan yeah. was like, you know, when I get a, you know, when I when a bad review or 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 a you know slanted negative review of yeah. my movie comes out for my friend. I always get the email first saying, "Hey, this is the review. Sorry, but you know, not sorry. This is how I honestly felt." Sure. And like, yeah. And he and he's like, you know, it's it's actually a really kind of cool, honest friendship we have. And Kevin yeah. didn't have <laughs> didn't yeah. have that. Yeah. And so and so he reacts really badly to this. I mean, that makes that makes perfect sense now that you say yeah. it, right? I mean, if he's not sort of in that world and doesn't have that sort of yeah behind the scenes kind of congenial relationship, then yeah, could, I could understand taking it really personally or something. But you know yeah. the thing that he's lashing out about and at yeah. is something that eventually will turn into just kind of how we, as a general audience, now view the media that we consume. Sure, it's a it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, um, and that's <clears throat> super disheartening for a lot of filmmakers now because like you you spend a year writing something. Uh-huh. Three years trying to get in, trying to get it financed, it falls through yeah. again and again. You finally make it, yeah. and people either I like this or I don't like it. <laughs> it's yeah. no, there's no like gray area in between. Oh, I love what you did here, and this yes. is actually interesting and innovative. Yeah. But like, didn't like the ending, but that doesn't ruin the whole movie for me. Like, there's no, there aren't that 
that conversation doesn't happen well, yeah. on Facebook. You yes, know what I mean? Exactly. Well, and because, I mean, part of it is because the democratization of opinions, like the internet can do this, where because there are so many opinions, you essentially need an aggregator, which is what, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is or whatever. And so yeah. it's like Rotten Tomatoes is not the gospel truth. Like if you go and look through the actual text of those reviews for various films, right? I mean, Rotten Tomatoes has to decide, is this a good review or a bad review? Well, how do yeah. you decide? Like, I mean, some are yeah. clear cut, but some it's like these movie critics are actually doing their job and they're yeah. thinking through, you know, various filmmaking elements uh, with each yeah. artifact they're looking at. So it's, it's, you know, it's a problem sort of inherent in the system, as it were. Yeah. But yeah, he lashes yeah. out at this hard uh, after cop out and then he goes and makes Red State. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the next year. You know, and, you know, Red State is his. Yeah. Uh, what he calls his student film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's him actually, like you know, trying to <clears throat> utilize that four months of film school he went to. Yeah. Um, which that's a fun story too. That you know, he, he and his buddies all he he met a couple of the people he works with now, like Scott Mosier and yeah. somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they all finished, but he he dropped out in four months. In he's like, oh, okay, well, I, that's the information I needed. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go make my movie. <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. is which. You know, that's the kind of attitude that got him where he is. Oh yeah, you know? of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. go make the thing. He was he was angling for clerks at that point, right? I mean, he's yes. he's thinking, uh-huh. how can I do this thing? Uh, yeah. Not how can I learn every single. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Yeah. And that that attitude is he's a he's a pragmatist. You know what I mean? He wants to get yeah. get the stuff done. He'll try it if it's not the best thing. He still tried it. You know. So yeah. Red State comes out, and I remember really liking Red State. I need to go back yeah. and watch it, especially I now need to that watch I've, it in general. I know it, yeah. I know it, what it's about. I know that yeah. it's inspired by like West Westboro Baptist Church, which yes. is super interesting to me. Yes, and he had some contact with the Westboro Baptist Church after that film came out. Yeah. Um, well, they protested. They the, protested. The film and, and yeah and he invited them in do you remember this there was a story where I they don't, they protested one of the showings of red state and he went out and offered them he was like look you guys are protesting you haven't even seen it like why don't you come in you can have some seats and like watch it or whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and a- apparently like a few of them came in and they walked out like two minutes in when someone says fuck for the first time or whatever right um, they just walked out immediately but he got apparently he got a uh, a sign from them like he got a sign that said you know probably some homophobic slur or something yeah. um, but it had his God, face the worst yeah, they, they fucking suck. But um, uh, it had his face and it had some, you know, slurs on it or whatever. You're going to hell, whatever it is. And yeah. uh, apparently that's like a prized possession of his. Like he keeps it, <laughs> he sure. keeps it at his house. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Red State uh, marks also the beginning of his working, I think, with uh, Michael Parks, who goes yeah. on to be in Tusk. Um, and he's yeah. phenomenal. So, if, if I remember correctly, the yeah. end of the, you know, once he makes Red State. Sure. Um, I think he sees that, and it, it, it got some like some critical backlash. Sure. But some there are other critics who like he respects that are like yeah that actually like kind of gave him like oh so Kev Kev Smith is a real filmmaker. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what he yeah. was looking for. Sure, and at that point he was like you know starting his his podcast empire, which you know I'm sure he makes lots of ad revenue money from just the podcasts. And he, you know, at that point, I think it's, he, he just decides this is what I'm going to do now. I don't need to make movies anymore. I'm not really a filmmaker. And for, I think a couple of years, that's yeah. what happened. Sure. Um, but eventually he was like, you know, he, he, he's, he's talking on Smodcast. Yeah. With, is Scott Mosier the co-host yeah. of that? Yeah. Yeah. That's where Smodcast comes from. Cause it's, um, Smith and Mosier Smod. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, yep. Huh. How about S-M. that? Yeah. Yeah. I, 
never knew that because I was always a Fat Man on Batman listener. I yeah. didn't listen to much Smodcast. I I kind of picked picked uh, my you yeah. Know, the episodes I want to listen oh, to. Oh no, I'm so. the, I'm the same way with that one. Yeah, I was a I was a fat man on Batman but, for sure. But there's an episode where they just randomly are are they someone introduces this uh <laughs> Craigslist article of yeah. this guy, right, who's like offering free board uh to live in his his flat or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that you know, yeah. you know, food, you know, I'll I'll food, rents for free. Yeah. You know, blah, 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 blah. This is a great opportunity. The only thing, though, the only thing is that in order to do this for like an hour a night, you have to dress up as a walrus um, <laughs> yeah. and pretend to be my pet walrus, <laughs> uh, my companion walrus for an hour each night. You know, people like what they like. Questions. Yeah. And then it goes into the story about, you know, like how he was, you know, lost at sea, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the only friend he had was a walrus. And yeah. he, I think he might have had to eat the walrus, to, <laughs> you know. Sure. And, you know, you know, at the time they're reading this, they're like, oh, this is this sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. Within a year, the movie was out. <laughs> it was right? out. So he's yeah. thinking like, yeah. oh, like I can use my, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm still getting the itch to make movies, obviously. Sure. Whether I view myself as a a filmmaker or just like a personality that has, you know, the means to like make movies cuz I like movies, you yeah. know. It what it went from I'm never making another movie again to yeah. I'm going to make movies, but I'm making movies for my fan base. Sure. And they have to be kind of unique views into my head that like not just any filmmaker could make. Yeah. It can't be a movie that anyone could have thought yeah. ever made. It has to be Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm yeah. super into that thought and that idea. Yeah, know? I am as well. That's kind of what every filmmaker wants to be. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like I've never made a movie. I've 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 written some scripts, and you know, eventually I do want to make a movie. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't want I don't want to be a Kevin Smith. Sure. You know what I mean? Like sure. I don't want to. You know, I I'll, I'll get into that at the end. But yeah, cut well, to Tusk. Cut to Tusk. Do we want to take a quick break at Tusk? Yeah, like all saying all that got me out of breath. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess I guess I got the crony. I guess you got the crony. Let's give Joe, uh, let's give the maestro a minute to catch his breath, and I'm gonna get a Lacroix. All right, cool. I'm gonna get. I like uh, to call them Lacroixes. I'm gonna get a beer because it's 5:30 where I am. It's 5:30 somewhere, and that somewhere is here. So uh, why don't y'all listen to this uh, ad spot real quick? Dun, 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 you know, we'll be right back. Ass in the sand. Ass in the sand. Keep your ass right there. We'll be right back. (laughs) Okay. Okay, we're recording. Should we stick a pin in it? Yes. Let's stick a pin in it here. We talk a long time about Kevin Smith. Yeah. Turns out. Lots to talk about. Yeah. He's a... I think we said we're going to a commercial break, but we're not doing that. We're going to call it for the week. And then we're going to come back and wrap up Kev Smith. Yeah, unless we put this in front of where the, we said commercial break. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I don't know. We can't, can we not, we can't, we can't change that. It's in stone. We can't change it. It's in stone forever. So See, now I hope you don't change it. I'm not going to. This is all part of the process, man. Ooh. Yeah, it's all part, part of the, of the pro- it's all, like, our product is showing the people who we are. So that's a teaser yeah. for next week. Uh, hi-o. <laughs> hi-o. All right. Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Come on back now. You hear? I hear. Thank you for listening. DNN. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.